Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Previously on Quantum Kickflip. So you know that your dad was going after Miper. You know that it has something to do with their operations in another dimension, referred to as Ezria, that is described as a verdant, natural paradise teeming with spectacular wildlife. Frankly, Jet Collective is just too much of a wild card, so I think mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. only op- thing to do here is to start another rivalry before this one takes root. Hey, Weird Gravity, it's us, Lazy Bunny. You name the time and the dimension, and we'll take you all on. Is Empyrean a possibility? I suppose if, if, if you guys know of a way in, we can probably make that happen. As you materialize here, you all feel strained, uh, and it hits you that you have never really been this far from Null. It's a fox with the wings of a butterfly and the horns of a deer, the Dutterflox. What do you say, first crew to get a selfie with it? wins the challenge. I have a secondary goal. Elliot wants to catch up with each individual member of Lazy Bunny and interview them on her tape recorder. (laughs) (laughs) If I were to expend all five of my kick that I have for the entirety of this run right now in this moment, is there any way that both Angus and Nick could use the plane haunt ability on Nick's Rift Ninja sneakers (laughs) to duplicate to both partake in the race and adventure in this tunnel. <laughs> the Dutterflox goes sprinting forward and it's going to attempt to make its way up and along the side of this curve. Uh, and you feel like if you were ever going to catch up to it, this may just be your moment. And you realize that as you manipulate the sphere, um, you are peering into different realities. Hey, uh, Angus, you, uh, you feeling lucky? And Angus flicks his hand across it and sends it spinning. <laughs> And welcome to Quantum Kickflip, a Slug Blaster actual play podcast. My name is Robin. I am your Slug Master Game Blaster, and with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole world. And they're going to introduce themselves for you right now in the order of uh, whose character takes the best pictures, uh, like best to worst. My name is Michael Vetch. Uh, I'm here playing Niccolo, the Smarts Playbook. Uh, he's an anime-loving, sword-wielding adventure boy, and uh, I think Nick has taken his fair share of, of uh, computer classes, also including, like, computer multimedia. So he's familiar with, like, basic photography setup and, like, how to how to set a thing. Well, where's your golden rule? What are your ratios? How are you, how are you dividing it to build a scene? And how can you, you make it a very appealing image? Nick would have all of the science of photography down pat. (laughs) (laughs) What is art but math? (laughs) Uh, Hey, I'm Liam. I play Lake Marsden. She's the heart of the team with the reality canon. Uh, Even before the glitch, I think, like any teenage girl, uh, appreciated a good selfie. It's less technically accurate and just more great at capturing moments. Uh, And then now with uh, hashtag glitch girl, she's uh, really... um, She's a living filter. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Hi, my name is Glenna. I play Elliot Buchanan. She is the chill playbook. She's an aspiring singer-songwriter who keeps all her stuff in a voidware backpack. You said pictures, but I feel like Elliot does low-key record at shows sometimes. And that's her... I think kind of like Lake, just like good at capturing the moment, not necessarily as uh, technically good and not as exciting... Uh, visually exciting. 
Hello, uh, my name is Lena Anderson, and I play Angus Franklin. Uh, he's the Guts playbook, and he's got Skip Mode Runners as a signature device. And uh, while I feel like Angus is, like, pretty decent at, like, you know, framing and stuff like that, he does a lot of the social media for the Weird Gravity My Page account, I feel like, especially if it's, like, pictures of him. He doesn't consider himself a very photogenic lad. Uh, so it's a lot of him, like, sticking his tongue out and messing up his hair and, and doing crude gestures. Uh, so uh, he, he takes good pictures when he's behind the camera and maybe not so much when he's in front of it. <laughs> My name is David Ray, and I play Chester Capone, who is the Grits playbook uh, with some uh, fancy, fancy new powered armor. However, uh, Chester is not the greatest at uh, taking photos, uh, and I imagine him to be the same kind of uh, photo taker that most of the Ray family is, uh, where we had cameras that didn't zoom, and we figured, like, oh, you want to have a person in the center of the frame, and you have to have their feet in equal uh, proportion to the head. <laughs> so like, you know, if there's like, you know, a little space above the head, it's the same as underneath the feet and that's good framing uh, in the Ray family. And uh, uh, and that's not true. So uh, yeah, that's uh, Chester uh, taking on that same kind of uh, photo. All your family photos have a, a very Wes Anderson aesthetic to them, very like <laughs> measured and and uh, even and and lots of straight lines. Uh, but but by accident, purely <laughs> purely accident. This is not an aesthetic choice. Uh, and as I mentioned, my name is Robin. I'm your host, and I don't show up on film for some reason. But it's it's fine because more often than not, like I don't want my picture taken anyway. I'm always getting these wicked sunburns anytime I go out in the daylight, so it's probably for the best. Anyway, <laughs> last time around, uh, y'all got up to some hijinks. Uh, you were you were called out. Um, the the members of Lazy Bunny uh, threw down the gauntlet and challenged you to a run, and it wasn't in any way corporate or manufactured or sponsored or, or completely artificial whatsoever. But kayfabe. based on we established this kayfabe, it's kayfabe. <laughs> yes, um, based on uh, some leads that he found in his dad's laptop that he's told some, but not all of you about. Uh, you guys selected the dimension of Empyrean to try and uh, get further to the bottom of this mystery and uh since then we've had a uh, a race to take a selfie with a dutterflox that is at its at its zenith uh we've had some side questing into underground arborist temples and boy i think i'm ready to just hop right back into it what say you gang you ready to play some slug blaster <laughs> <laughs> let's get to <Yeah>. slugging <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Then I transport you now back to the plane of Imperium. So you've all breached the tree line on the far side of the forest, uh, and before you once again is open grassland. The sky is now a deep burgundy color and the foliage is an electric blue. Ahead of you, the terrain begins to slowly arch and twist to one side, ramping up and curving until what was once ground is now a completely vertical wall uh, before ramping back down about a kilometer away. 
As you watch, the Dutterflock begins to pump its wings, propelling itself forward on the ground at a ridiculous speed, following the curve of the terrain. But before you can give chase, you hear a sound from above you. I got them! They're over here! Your attention snaps upward to a higher level of terrain that loops overhead, and you watch as three figures, silhouetted against the glowing sky, come flying over the edge and drop down directly in front of you. Now that they're up close, you recognize them instantly as Jason, Kabir, and Scott of Subsonic Sentinel. <laughs> so, at the start of this run, this was all prompted by a challenge uh, that you took on, and one of the aspects of that was that I get two GM tokens to introduce mm -hmm. problems uh, without having to have them prompted by one of your roles. I uh, used one of them to give you all a slam out of the gate with that quantum strain, and I'm using the other one right now. Subsonic Sentinel have followed you here and uh, have joined the chase. We're getting a run-in on this kayfabe uh, uh, competition. <laughs> Is that uh, If that's a wrestle thing, then yes. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a wrestling reference of like the guy who like in the middle of the match comes in and like, I'm gonna mess things up here. Yeah, that's oh, that's, that's exactly what's happening. Yes, it's yeah, a run. Yeah. <laughs> so they've just landed in front of you, and they sort of shake off the 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 uh, bumpy landing and and look back in your direction. Sup, nerds? Oh, jeez. Oh, it just like like sighs, <laughs> like like more just annoyed. Wait, hey, well, uh, you guys don't you guys don't own Empyrean? You can't tell us that we can't. We can't be here. What? What? You? You? You guys own Empyrean now? No, we're just in the middle of something. You ding dong. Yeah. Do they think they own Empyrean? God, they don't own Empyrean. Yeah, that's hey. what I told them. Yeah. Hey, 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 uh, Jason. Word for word for our listeners at home. Uh, can you tell me <laughs> what uh yes. subject you struggle most with at school and how you think that impacts your home life? Oh man, what's what subject don't I struggle most with? And he high fives Kabir. <laughs> and and what do what do your parents think about that one? Uh I mean, it's you know, they don't like it, but whatever. I just like tell them I'll try harder and then, you know, that buys me another semester. Cool. Uh very good. Thank you for your time. Uh Kabir, what um I thought this was a race. Are we are we not trying to get to the thing over there? Weren't you guys it's Wait, like a no, race, uh, right? let's listen. This is very important. I want to know, Kabir, what sets you apart from Jason? What do you think is your defining feature if you had to describe yourself? Um, like an inch shorter. <laughs> cool. <laughs> hey, Scott, why are you such a ding dong all the time? He flips you off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And with that, yeah, Lazy Bunny looks very confused and is kind of like, what are, who are these? Kids, what are what? I thought you invite friends to this. What is going on? These are not our friends. And she's like Scott bit doing the big like waving her hands back and forth. That's right. They're <laughs> our worst enemies. Kabir's <laughs> like, yeah, we weren't invited. We we saw the stream and figured, you know, if if these ding dongs can get picked up by uh by Miper, then then you know we'll show them what a real crew looks like. We we can show them up and then and then we'll be the Miper crew and you guys will be the 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 Hillview nobodies. Uh, and Jason kind of elbows him like, shut up, don't, don't say we're Hillview nobodies. Come on, man. And then Scott kind of like taps them both and is like, this is the part where we should be racing to get ahead of them while they're all, all, all out of sorts. And they're like, oh, oh yeah, totally. Okay, let's, let's go. Uh, and they all hop on their boards, which prompts Lazy Bunny to do the same. Oh no, they're getting away. Stop <laughs> them. 
so so Robin, can you kind of give a sense of like where everybody is in relation to each other a little bit? Yeah. So I think what's going on here, you're all you've just broken through the tree line and the terrain stretches off in front of you. And I think you're all kind of like more or less evenly spent. Like no one no one is that much closer or further away. I don't want it to be like, oh, you're all standing in a perfect straight line and no one is even an inch closer to the Dutter flocks. But it's like no one's got a huge amount of ground on anyone else at this point. I think you kind of came out of the trees and then were surprised by the arrival of Subsonic Sentinel and had to sort of deal with that. So that has thrown a bit of a wrench into things. Uh, but at this point, you can now see that this this Dutterflux is going up and around the curve in front of you uh, and and everyone is moving to pursue. Uh, I want to I want to don't want to gloss over Angus's response there. He, he didn't, didn't seem too concerned uh, that the, <laughs> these guys are going to throw this off. Is like going to do something about it. He looks a little bored. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Well, let's see if we can make it a little more exciting for him. So I want to explain how this last step has worked because basically you guys have now gone through three checkpoints. It was an elimination based race. You've taken out. Two members of Lazy Bunny along the way, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but you've also lost one member of your crew. Uh, half of Nick was sort of left behind on the other side of the forest. I believe we established like he's still there, just like got held up by a... Uh, uh, Tangled up in a big herd of squotes. Yeah, mountain squotes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what that has all amounted to is like the, the more of you left in the race for this final uh, challenge, the better your odds of completing it. You have four people in. They've only got two left. Um, pretty good odds, but again, GM token. I've I've added some extra, extra combatants here. So how this is gonna work? We're gonna get a roll from each of you. If it's a failure, you're not gonna be able to get the momentum you need. You're you're not gonna be able to complete this this curve in the terrain. If it's a mixed success. You're gonna manage to stay on, but not quite close the distance enough to get the selfie. And if it's a full success, you're going to you're gonna win the race. You're going to get the selfie. You're going to beat this challenge. It's only going to take one success from one of you to win this. Uh, you can add dice and kick freely to your own roll, or you can forgo your roll completely uh, to pass along an extra die to another player. We're going to go one at a time, and after each turn, I'm going to roll for the opposing crew. And if one of them gets it before you get your chance, then that's it. So if you roll your own, you have the opportunity to add more dice and more kick and more stuff to it, but you run the risk that immediately after your turn, should you fail, the other team is going to snake it from you. If you pass along advantage to another player, um, you can sort of make it so that the other team has less opportunity to roll, um, but you can only pass along the one die as opposed to all of the resources at your disposal. So that's sort of the the question that is in front of you here. Hmm. Does that all make sense? Does that track mechanics-wise? Yeah, so essentially we, like, let's say, I don't know, Lake goes first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, if I don't roll a six, you get two chances to try to beat me. One for Lazy Bunny, one for Subsonic Sentinel. Yes, yeah, exactly. So for every every failed attempt on your part, that's that's a potential of two, two chances for the enemy to take it away from you. I'm also going to throw out here that... Uh, I feel like this being a challenge run and me having GM tokens and etc. Maybe middle finger doesn't apply on this one particular instance. <laughs> oh, that that that's fair. Because uh, I, I actually was gonna save it for something else, so that's, okay. that's fine. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and I think if you if you forego your turn to sort of pass along dice to another player, 
what that looks like in fiction is you are doing something to impede the other teams you are and you can we can sort of play out that offer of like how are you getting in the way of lazy bunny and or subsonic sentinel to give advantage to your teammate with that who wants to roll first well uh, angus looks pretty bored half of him <laughs> at least uh who else is with me chester and and elliot yeah mm-hmm. um i will forego my turn to pass mm-hmm. a die on to whoever rolls next and i will impede by interviewing Bryce. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting up in his business. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think Bryce was sort of uh, the first to snap into action once um, once Subsonic Sentinel made their move. He, he was right on their heels kind of thing. Um, but you're able to catch up to him because, again, you're all in sort of the same little clearing here. Um, and you, you sort of ride up alongside him. Uh, Bryce, Bryce, one uh, one quick quick question, quick question. Uh, you are sort of the uh, front man of Lazy Money. You're sort of the leader. And I'm just wondering, do you ever worry that your friends don't really like you and are only listening to you because you're the leader as uh, established by your corporate sponsors? Oh, I don't think that's true at all. No, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm the leader. I mean, at Lazy Bunny, we're, we're a team. We're a we're a partnership. And, and what's, I think if you uh, ask any Paisley's... of my teammates, they would they would say that. What's what's Paisley's favorite flavor of ice cream? Um, well, I mean, my my favorite favorite flavor. You can't beat vanilla, so I, I I'd imagine hers would be the same. Uh huh. Uh huh. Is uh is Dylan a cat or a dog person? Ooh. Hmm. I don't know. I'm allergic to both, so uh, I feel like probably out of solidarity with me, he he wouldn't get wrapped up with either. Ooh, you are not doing well on these ones, Bryce. <laughs> Sally said she liked all the ice creams, so I can't really grill you about her. But uh, <laughs> thanks for playing, ding dong. <laughs> and with that, he realizes what you've been doing here. He's like, oh, get, we're in a race. Let me go. Ah. We have a ding dong sponsorship on this episode. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I was going to say the we've really, time we've this really, <laughs> really caught on. <laughs> this was supposed to be a lake thing, not a everybody thing. To be fair, it's been Elliot. <laughs> Elliot's just trying not to cuss in front of the nice people. Uh, so yes, Elliot has sort of interfered here with Bryce, um, giving advantage to whoever is to roll next. Um, is someone wanting to roll next, or is, is anyone else wanting to sort of pass that along that advantage by interfering with another crew member? Uh, so what I'm going to offer, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to be able to kind of uh, take a couple of people out, uh, because there's a couple of people, uh, as Chester has been uh, saying, he likes a fair race, and a couple of people just dropping in midway is not very fair at all. Uh, so he's going to see his opportunity. I want to use uh, a kick from my grit uh, to perhaps uh, take out a, a couple of the subsonic sentinels. And I'm going to use a couple of die to pass on to, uh, I guess, Lake in this case. But uh, is there a role? Like, how, how does he... I want to be able to do... Uh, an attack that can take out two or maybe even three subsonic sentinel guys. So the way we had sort of established was that you're only able to pass along one die to your teammate. Mm-hmm. Like that's sort of the limitation of like why you might want to roll on your own instead of just everyone pooling all their resources is like rolling on your own gets you more dice, but it gives your enemy more chances. However, mm-hmm. I love this offer and I, and I don't want to say no to it. So 
if you were just passing along one die to Lake, you would get to just do that by foregoing your turn. Um, I think mm-hmm. if you want to take out more people and essentially give Lake more advantage here, we can do that. But I think that will require roll. So there's there is it's not an automatic thing that happens as a chance that it'll fail because um, it sounds like you've got something interesting you want to do, and I want to let you do it. So okay. uh, if you if you're good with doing a roll for it, uh, that can happen. I, I want to use my kick from my grit i want to take a die from my armor and and i want to look cool as i do this i hear that okay i've been paying (laughs) attention so hard robin on this so (laughs) doing real good dave yeah thank you thank you and um if i if i succeed would it make sense that i take out two people yeah i'll give you i'll give you with one kick you can take out two of them uh, if you wanted to add another kick, you could even take out all three members. I would love to do that. I would love to, Robin. However, I do not have that much kick left. I am well, uh, maxing out my re- <laughs> in classic. You could take Chester. a dare for kick. You take a dare. I'd... That didn't land you in hot water last time. Take the dare, David. <laughs> doing it. All right, here we go. Take a hype die if you want. Oh yes, I'm doing it. Uh, can somebody mark that hype die for me? Okay. Yep. Uh, I I roll a one and a two and a four. Four is my best. Okay, mixed success. All right, we're gonna give you a slam, and yep. I think that yeah, you're you're gonna do what you set out to do, but take a slam. I think that's that's fair. Okay, and you're gonna pay forward two dice to to Lake as as a result of this. So you do not have to remove from your sheet at all. Okay, so uh, Chester as he's going like, hey. What? This is unfair. Okay, wait. I gotta bring up my weapons. Okay, main menu, self-defense <laughs> measures, wrist launcher. Um, oh, hey, ionic blasters. Bleep bleep. Oh, uh, enter your popularian express card. I don't have one of those. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, back. Okay, taser bugs again, and uh, it's got and in-app I, I, purchases. Your armor has it's yes, free to play armor with in-app purchases. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and so I, I, I launch out some taser bugs. You know, uh, it, it takes out one of the subsonic sentinels uh, as it goes flying through the air, latches on, does the taser stun kind of a move, and then I'm like, oh, I still got to do more, and. Um, I realize I'm not going to be able to uh, get the Dutter flocks. And so I leap up, try to get slightly ahead of Jason, and I, I kind of turn in midair and I kick him straight Ooh. in the face with an Enziguri kick, uh, which of course is another wrestling maneuver, but doesn't matter. <laughs> Basically, think of like a bicycle kick, but instead of flipping. Uh, completely up, I'm kind of flipping to the side. And I take him out, and I hit hard on the ground, rolling as I uh, come to a stop. Uh, Jason knocked off his own hoverboard. Perfect. Um, And that was two, but you put three, or you put two kick on, so you can, you, uh, can we say that Jason goes flying into Scott? Uh, into Scott, yeah, and Kabir got taken out by the, the taser bug. Yes, Jason. beautiful, yeah. Sick. So Jason goes flying back, slams into Scott. I think Scott stays on his board, but is, like, thrown off course and is, is sent to the back of the pack kind of thing. So 
you've kind of incapacitated two and really slowed up a third, and that's going to pay forward a couple of dice for Lake. Uh, but you still need your consequence, and you said, yeah, you, you tumbled to a stop there. So I think we're going to give you a slam from that. Um, wipeout? Yeah, let's go with Wipeout. I love that. So your second okay. slam box is going to be filled by Wipeout. So with that, uh, we've got a, a bunch of extra advantage on the table here. Who's going next? Um, so. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Subsonic Sentinel takes off and Angus is like, whatever, I don't, I don't care. And he sees Lazy Bunny taking off and really doesn't seem interested in, in continuing this race. Then he looks over at Lake and he starts hoverboarding. And what I would like to pitch to you, Robin, mm-hmm. is that Angus is not trying to get the selfie before Lazy Bunny or Subsonic Sentinel. He's trying to beat Lake. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, love it. So I had a system in place for should things get nasty and we need to like decide... Uh, who gets to go here because I know that you have your ability of snake, which allows mm-hmm. you to go first if there is any question. Uh, but I believe you've already kind of used that to tear off to the temple. Uh, there's only half of you here. I think it would be fair to uh, to have some sort of a system to, to decide this. Uh, and so what I'm, I'm going to say is the decision of who gets to roll first will be made by who's willing to uh, mark more trouble about it. We're going to have a, a, a trouble auction. <laughs> oh. trouble, trouble chicken? Oh, yeah, damn. trouble chicken. All right. I have not looked at your sheets, so I, I apologize <laughs> if that's putting anyone at a huge advantage or disadvantage. Okay. You've both got some boxes to spare. <laughs> oh, boy. I'll throw, I'll throw down one right off the bat. Um... Yeah, so I think Lake sees this, like, she, you know, yeah, yeah, Chester, you're, knock him over. Oh, Lazy Bunny, oh, could, she's, like, just happy the, 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 with the Bryce decoy. Um, mm-hmm. And she's, like, ready to turn around to get Angus's help. Like, mm-hmm. when, how's Angus going to help the team? And, and she, she can see that look in your eye that, that like, mm-hmm. I, I think she knows and is like, oh, no, you don't, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 and so uh, yeah, I'll I'll take a I'll take a trouble. Will you mark two trouble? Two, oh yeah, two trouble. Yeah, I'll do yeah. two. Hmm. Oh lordy. <laughs> Keep in mind, we have yet to do the disaster roll on this run. Yep. Go for it. Cool. So I'm All going right. first. You're rolling yeah. first, and I believe between Chester and Elliot, you've been given three extra dice at your disposal. Yeah, everybody assumed I was going to do it, which is pretty great. Though I didn't, uh, I will. Want to, I wanted to call back to something Glenna said. Lake did hear you say to Bryce, do you realize that, uh, y- you know, all your friends like you, don't like you, and they just uh, listen to what you say because you're the leader of the team? She she heard it. I don't know if she actually listened to it. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I noted it. I'll leave you the option here that if you want to leave any of those extra dice on the table for Angus, should you fail this roll, 
you have the option to leave some some resources. Oh no, for this Angus. is she is gonna go so hard <laughs> to get that. Um, it, it is with Angus. She's pretty confident she can beat Lazy Bunny here. My my only quick question: Have you rolled any for the the other people? I have not, because my my system here was you roll then I roll. So if you miss this, that's gonna open up uh, a roll one roll each for Lazy Bunny and Subsonic. Sentinel. I see. But I if see. you okay. if you nail this, then you've you've gotten ahead of them here. Incredible. Okay. I got two dice from Chester and Elliot. I got the one dice that I'm uh, entitled to. I'm going to take one from my heart playbook. Explain to me how your uh, uh, your passion, your empathy is needed. I think this is about as passionate as she's ever been. Uh, I'm going to take the last hype die, and uh, I think a, a pep talk might be in order here when we're done, but I'm taking the last hype die. So I have five dice in front of me. And as you're going, like, obviously I'm not rolling yet, but Angus is just trying to stay just a little bit ahead of you this whole time. Lightning illuminates the scene before you, followed by an impossibly loud roar of thunder that reverberates down the hall through which you entered. The wind is howling, the rain is crashing down in sheets, so thick that you can barely make out the shape of the doorway in the distance. Between you and it, a long, winding castle parapet made of crumbling stone twists and turns its way along a rocky ridge that plunges down into darkness. The rain has made everything slick and treacherous, and you can just make out the screeching of bats over the pounding of the rain. You found yourselves in the waking pits. You, you <laughs> last time around rolled that uh, that spherical object on the door, uh, and and rolled turned up a seven, which on my list was the waking pits. So here here we find ourselves. We we catch up with uh, Nick and uh, Nick and Angus Prime. Nick and Angus Beta. Nick and Angus left. Nick and Angus. Oh, Ultra. Uh, they didn't leave. They're right here. um and yeah you see before you this this scene of uh of lightning and thunder and rain uh and a winding slippery crumbling castle parapet before you angus looks over at nick and is like okay we're better at this now i'll know you're a doppelganger if you don't do your weird negatana forms and you'll know i'm a doppelganger um i guess if i do any weird negatana forms yeah that would make sense Yep. But hopefully we don't run into any doppelgangers just between this door and the next one off in the distance. I mean, I hope so. Last time we just, like, entered a house and it happened, so can't be too careful. This is true. Yeah, Nick, you're just shouting to be heard over top of this pounding rain that's coming down. <laughs> that was the effect I was going for! <laughs> yeah. Do we still see that? I know before you mentioned that there was a similar-looking archway as the door that we went through further along, no matter what the thing... Uh, looked like when we were switching through the shifter. Is Do we still see that on the opposite side of this waking pits parapet? Yes, yeah, you can just make it out in the distance there um, with this parapet sort of winding along, almost creating a bridge, like not a not a perfect, like, right to the doorstep, but, like, you, it looks as though if you can clear this parapet and or, like, follow it along, that you can make it over to a position where you can access that door. But to do that, I'm going to need rolls from both of you. Heck yeah. Uh, Lena, how are you feeling about, uh, uh like a, a team role on this one? 
I'm into that. Um, I've got some dice and kick to spare that I can I can lend to you or that I can use if you want to lend things to me. Sure. Uh, I was thinking uh, I'd be okay to try and take the roll on this. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to sort of take a position on, on boards and try and use my Negatana with the Nega Friction Wake to boost our speed and just sort of like shoot across this as, as fast as we can to avoid other problems. I love how much Angus and Nick have, have learned here. They're re- they've really learned how to work as a team while they're on a secret mission away from the rest of their team that they haven't told their team about. <laughs> <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> Cooperate with the team that you're with. <laughs> Go ahead and take a dying kick. I'll uh, take it from my skip mode runners. Uh, Angus has some powered midsoles. He can help provide a little speed boost. Nice. And the initial push up. And yeah, I will... Uh, also add uh, a die from my own uh, boost pool here. Uh, and Robin, would you say that that kick is enough to sort of counteract uh, the, the fact that we are sort of plain haunted right now? Yeah, I think what we've established is like in order to use your devices while in this split mode where you're less powerful, it does it does take a kick to make them work. Uh, how many do we have on the table right now? Ooh, one. Do we one. need more? I think if, especially if Angus is using his skip modes to help, if that's sort of the justification there, then we may need a secondary kick here to, like, one for the Negatana, one for the skip modes kind of thing. Yep. Uh, do you happen to have any more kick there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the funny thing is, I check in my pockets, I'm fresh out. I don't <laughs> yeah, so well, that's weird. Because right, you have but... a lot to begin with, so what could you yeah, possibly like... spend literally all of your kick on? I don't know, uh... Must have found a vending machine or something. Yeah. <laughs> huh, who would have thought that would come back to bite you? Anyway, <laughs> sounds like Angus has you covered. We looking cool? Can we look cool? Can can Angus and Nick look cool? Uh, I'm, down to, I'm down to lay that on there. Okay, so we'd be rolling 3d6 with two kick uh, to try and get across this parapet. Wait, wait who, who are they looking cool to? Each Ourselves. other. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is exactly why the the term has been changed in later editions of the book, but we're keeping it classic. Speaking of, also, Dave, mark your style from earlier. If you didn't, you did look cool on that, and it was a success. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All yeah, over you it. Got it. You got it. You got that second one from the slam, too, right? Oh, oh yeah, shit, you take, yeah. You look mark style when you take a slam. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So they line up. Actually, I guess I should make this roll. Sorry. Uh... Bam. Yep, that's a six in there. Perfect. So, uh, <laughs> the two of them line up, uh, and they're they're prepping up. Angus is in a good kickoff position with his skip modes. Uh, Nick draws forth his mechanical pencil, and it unsheaths and expands into the Negatana Mark II, and he shouts out, Negatana, fourth form skip! Velocity thrust! Dual team! Ultra forward <laughs> momentum! Just kidding, not a doppelganger, not a doppelganger. <laughs> With that, you go flying forward, and I, I'm picturing, like, the effect of this is, like, the rain coming down in sheets, you're, like, the the nega friction is, is sliding through that and essentially creating this huge, like, explosive wake, just water spraying off on either side of the sword and on either side of you. Uh, so it just it looks like this torpedo going through, <laughs> winding along the castle parapet. Um there's a moment where you sort of ramp off of one tower and come crashing down on another, and in the hang time, you're like silhouetted against a full silvery moon, uh, and you mark your style because you look cool as hell while doing that. Yes. And then you uh, 
wind your way along to the far edge um, and you can see the door and it's not actually along the parapet, it's sort of floating off in the distance a little ways, but you're able to sort of kick it into high gear. Maybe this is where Angus skip, Angus's skip boats come into play and give you that little extra boost of speed. You're able to ramp off the shingled roof of one of these, like like a conical shingled roof of a tower um, that's rotting away and you uh, cut it just right and you leap and tumble through the door on the other side. Somewhere off in the distance, a vampire is just like holds up a, a sign with a 10 on it. <laughs> <laughs> What did you get? Uh, uh, not one, not two, but three sixes. A four and two. <laughs> I was really worried that it was just going to be five ones. And I was like, uh, but three sixes. Beautiful. Um, with that, describe to me how you catch up and, and get this done. Yeah, you had, you had described this sort of uh, uh, terrain in front of us as sort of a bit of a, a loop-the-loop, like like a Sonic level. Maybe not exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Driven up into a vertical wall before coming back down, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Lake just, you know, as I described, sees Chester uh, throwing haymakers, sees Elliot being a, a mischief maker, sees Angus not supporting her and in turn, in fact, turning it into something about them, which she doesn't love. And those three things just like... She gives it all she has. She kicks off, and she just she skates like she's never skated before, uh, and um, or hoverboards the way she's never hoverboarded before. Uh, the wind is in her face. Her ponytail is like going, you know, way back. Um, uh, yeah, and she just like skates hard. Yeah, and I think you know, under different circumstances, this might be, might have been a matter of like you scoop it up and cradle it in your arm like a little kitty, or you like come up behind it and do beast signs or something. Um, but as it is, I think you kind of get a, you, you sort of, you're looking straight ahead, you're pushing it with everything you've got, you get up alongside this thing, and you just sort of like, without even looking away, hold your phone out to the side and snap it back. And so you get this like beautiful side profile of you just like leaning forward, leaning into the into the turn. And in behind you, there's the Dutterflocks like in perfect parallel with you, and you're both staring straight ahead. And it's like, it's it's an inspiring little piece of photography. <laughs> um, the glowing uh, skyline in the background, it's changed now from the the burgundy that it was into like sort of a deep aquamarine color. And it just like, yeah. Maybe it's also on the glitch side too, so your glitches is like lighting the shot. Ah, incredible. Yeah, I think it immediately, we've talked about how, like, my page is all about, like, you, you post instantaneously, everything is happening live in the moment, so I think it, it goes right up on the the uh, Weird Gravity My Page account, so instantaneously all of your followers know know who won the race. And with that, you, you smoothly descend back down the other side and see the Dutterflux uh, extend its wings, and where, like, where you come down the ramp and level off, it goes flapping off into the distance and disappears into the next grove of trees. She jumps off her board. Yes! Yes! Oh my god! Yes! She's just like punching the air uh, as as everyone else kind of catches up. One by one, all of your uh, your teammates catch up. Um, they they saw you grab the selfie, and so it hasn't been like they haven't been giving or pushing it to get across race times. They're just like, uh, yeah, they they leisurely glide up next to you, uh, as do Bryce and 
Sally was the one that was left? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say I don't think Angus was going leisurely. I think he was still trying to like... That's true. ...catch up and like be on Lake's heels the whole time, even as she gets the selfie. Yeah, no, that's that's entirely fair. I had forgotten about the that, that element. I think, yeah, Angus is, is mm-hmm. right next to you, followed shortly after by the rest of your crew, Bryce and Sally, and uh, finally Scott Parsifal. I think the other two, Jason and Kabir, just like biffed it back at the start and were like not up for trying to take that turn if they weren't going to get the selfie anyway, but but Scott stuck it out and, and made it through. Um, and you find yourselves all on the other side here. Heck yeah. Oh my God, that feels great. Bryce, Sally, you guys crushed it. High five. Thank you. Oh my God. Oh, Scott, you're here. That's sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, Angus, Angus. Yeah, she's, she's just too psyched to not, you know, uh, uh, scour at Angus in this moment. Uh, <laughs> but she's, she's trying to be a good sport um, and, and just like celebrate the win. Uh, Angus uh, rolls up. He's smiling. Uh, He says, yeah, nicely done. And he taps his toe. And at this point, I want to use my new ability for my signature device, Temporal Scrubber. (laughs) Temporal Scrubber. Reveal that you've been fast-forwarding through most of this snooze fest. Refill one hype, so now we are not out of hype die. Uh, Or Hype Dice. You're not the only one who can refill Hype Dice now, Lake. Mark one trouble and try not to think about all you've missed by not being present. Being constantly stoked is not the same as living. So marking a trouble and we're getting a Hype Die back. And Lake, you fully see this happen. You you see the toe tap and you know exactly what that means. That that Angus, even in this moment of of, uh, unfriendly competition where you were, were, he, he sort of challenged you there and you were both going head to head. Even in that moment, he wasn't fully present. Uh, the half of him that was here wasn't even fully yeah. present. Yeah, this isn't new information. Um, <laughs> I, I know, I know exactly how you feel, Angus. And so I think she she breezes past him in seeing this and goes and continues to uh, congratulate uh, Chester and Elliot who have rolled up. Uh, high five some more with Lazy Bunny. Really try to be a good sport and rep the team. Maybe throw to a quick live stream like I'm here with Sally from. Uh, Lazy Bunny. Oh my God, we just did it. We saw the butterfly. I, I mean, I, I won it. We challenge accepted, challenge achieved. But damn, if these these folks here didn't didn't run a hell of a race. Great job, Sally. Oh, uh, uh, thank you. Um, yeah, we just uh, happy to be. Um, uh, uh, wh- uh, what's that, Bryce? Coming? I think she's a little flustered. I think they pretty much thought that they had it in the bag, and the fact that they've been showing up here, like, I don't think they know how to lose and i think the only two times they've had to figure it out has been at the hands of weird gravity so not my problem chester oh my god you're a living bowling ball i love it you knock those guys flat on their ass elliot with the with the chicanery oh like mm, gives her like a big hug like uh word for our listeners at home how does it feel to have won that race against lazy bunny Oh, you know, it, it just, it took the whole team working together to, to win this one. All of us out there giving our best. Uh, we're two, we're two and oh against Lazy Bunny. That's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, it, it feels great. Awesome. I'm going to Disneyland, but the Quahalia location. I hear they have a, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean ride that's, uh, upside down somehow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm excited. Way to go. Beautiful. 
uh, yeah, and I think with that, you're you're kind of in your moment of celebration here, uh, while the others in their in their moment of defeat. Um, you all sort of you were you were riding that high during the race, and and kind of that that feeling of of working together and getting the job done. Um, but now that you're stopped here, you all start to feel that that strain on your uh, on your quantum essence again. Like it just it it starts pulling at you, and you start to feel how far away from your home plane you are, uh, and it really starts to sink in that like. This was a fantastic race and and a and a huge success, but also is is hard on you and is only getting harder. Um, and I think in that moment you all uh, feel your various M phones vibrate. Chester, I think it just like your your armor buzzes, like it's it's Bluetoothed <laughs> into your armor when you've got it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you all receive a call from Miper here. Uh, most of you, it's a video call on your phone. Chester, it's like on your heads up display. Um, yeah. Just suddenly, like Tristan Voss's face mm-hmm. is just like your entire field of vision. And I start uh, <laughs> stepping backwards and try to like swipe it away <laughs> until I get used to it. And and Tristan pops up and is like. Hey, uh, uh, great job, team! Um, looking looking really good there. You guys, you've done us proud. This, the stream looked great. Everything came through. Uh, Lake, oh, that photo turned out awesome. But uh, yeah, always best to leave them wanting more. And and uh, I imagine you guys are starting to feel it. So uh, if you guys can find the thin zone over to Operablum, we we have an extraction team there, and you guys can uh, we'll warp you the rest of the way back. Sounds good, Miss Foss. She does like a little salute, even though that's not how you talk to a CEO of a tech company. <laughs> And Chester, before before you guys sign off, there's a moment, and I think you probably you had this in the um, meeting earlier in the video hut when you first saw her. You've had less experience with Tristan, like you you haven't talked to her one on one as much, just by virtue of not being on a, on the team for a while there. But you mm-hmm. noticed it in the video hut meeting, and now that she's your entire field of vision on your heads up display, you really notice it. You recognize her from somewhere, and you're not sure where, but it's not. You, you recognize her from somewhere that isn't like magazine covers or, you know, celebrity profiles. She looks weirdly familiar to you. Huh. And that's all I'm going to give you about that for right now. Yeah, hmm. sign off the call. Um, and Lazy Bunny kind of says their, their uh, sheepish goodbyes and like, oh, we, we got um, we got to get back over to uh, we, we got another meeting with uh, the Brunchington's people about our sponsorship deal. So uh Great, great game, guys. Good, good race. Yeah, good race. Yeah, good race. Anytime, yeah. sports. Hit us up. We'll 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 beat you anytime, anywhere. <laughs> bye, 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 Paisley. <laughs> bye, Sally. Dylan. I think as they're kind of all saying like "good game, good game," they all sort of look to Dylan expectantly to wait for a classic Dylan Zinger, and he just like doesn't have it in him. They're all they're all feeling the strain here. And... <laughs> he's he's drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and one by one, they, they sort of filter off through the thin zone here. Um, and we've got one more thing that we need to do before you're, you're out of here for good. Um, but before we do, I want to check back in with our friends in the temple. Two of you come tumbling through this door into a wide chamber with high vaulted ceilings of carved stone. In front of you, you see a large stone dais uh, upon which sits a curved blade resting in a stand. It is illuminated by a single shaft of light which filters down from a hole in the center of the ceiling. Beyond that, you can see open sky. The entire surface of the wall behind the dais is covered in a giant carving of a massive tree. 
The branches of the tree appear to form some sort of diagram or map, and before long you realize that you're looking at a map of the local multiverse. The characters on the map appear to be in Thenis Spartian, uh, but Nick, you're familiar enough with the language to roughly translate, and the labels on this map match the names that were used in your dad's drow correspondences. Only there's something off. Based on the way this map is laid out, you can tell which dimension should be where, but if this layout is accurate, then Ezria, the verdant natural paradise filled with grassy, wide-open plains, crystal waters, and teeming with spectacular wildlife, isn't Empyrean at all. It's the first dimension you ever visited together, the place where you all became a crew. Ezria is Vestiche. This... check out this sword. Huh. It's like something out of a fantasy movie or something. This this doesn't seem to line up. How could... V- Vestiche is a wasteland. But, 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 but according to this, everything that Drow was researching from... They must have been here. How else would they get, get the names of these and... Oh, that is a cool sword. Hang on. Ezria is supposed to be... Vestiche? Then how long has it been... Vestiche? I, I, I don't know. The, the, this just seems to be a, a loose mapping. There, there's no... There's no notations, no history, and I suppose this place is pretty ancient looking on its own, so there's no way to tell when it would last have been updated, but I suppose if if we went back to Vestiche, we, we might find something. Yeah, I guess. Um, I know that they're probably not our biggest fans, but do you think those arborists in Thenis Spar might know more about this? They might. It just seems weird, you know, like Drow and the fact that Drow is specifically going after Miper, like you said, and all the clues led us to this. There's just so many groups at play and gosh, I never thought slug blasting would lead us into this. Huh. Yeah. Uh, impulsively, Angus gives Nick a hug. Nick is standing there sort of stunned for a moment, but and then he hugs back. All this pressure aside, do we touch this sword? It feels like it would be a bad thing, you know? There were already arrow traps and stuff. Like, this this just screams Indiana Jones puzzle. Ah, you know? Ah, and Angus picks up the sword. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you pick it up and you sort of instinctively just like pause for a moment and wait for like the the blow darts or the boulder or or what have you but uh but they don't come you you feel the weight of it in your hand i think it's like it itself is made out of a similar stone to the temple and it it feels like it's sort of made out of the same material um it's not doesn't look like particularly sharp um being that it's a knife made out of i guess a knife made out of rock could be sharp but this one looks pretty like dull and ornamental but uh but yeah, you're able to pick it up, and uh, it, it doesn't seem to have triggered anything here. Have I fulfilled a prophecy? Am I a king now? Yay, all hail, King Franklin! <laughs> <laughs> nah, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of spirits or, or townsfolk coming to, to, coming to bow to you, so probably not. Yeah. Uh, maybe the next time I pick up a magic sword in another dimension... Are we still in Empyrean, by the way? That's a good question. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, Hyperfantasia. You can picture multiversal concepts easily. Do I have an idea? Yeah, you uh, you sort of start to try and like 
get into your uh, sort of Zen space that like maybe you first got in touch with when you drank the Turbodendron nectar and sort of, you know, tune out the the waking world and, and tap into the fabric of reality and sense your place in the multiverse here. Um, and while you're doing that, you glance up at that hole in the ceiling and you see the sky slowly shifting from uh, burgundy into uh, aquamarine. And you, yeah, you realize you're still in a <laughs> I'd say it's a safe bet. Well, I, um, I'm going to try and take a few pictures of this back wall here, but I don't... <laughs> I'll be honest, this isn't what I expected to find at the end of a, of a temple here, but... I think we've got what we can here. Yeah. Um, thanks for this. This was really fun. Feels like slug blasting, you know? Yeah. If only everyone was like this. <laughs> yeah. The hell's that supposed to mean? Yeah, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> I was going to say, I think in this moment of you guys sort of sharing that sentiment, uh, you feel... Some some dirt and and dust sort of fall on your shoulder, uh, and you glance upward to see the remaining members of your team looking down through that hole in the ceiling, um, drawn in by the sound of your voice. They've uh, they found the exit of this temple and are staring down at the two. Of Wait, you. did Lake actually say that? <laughs> did did I, that was that, that was kind of Liam joking. Did we hear that, Robin? Um, yeah, but but say it again in character this time. Yeah. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Oh. Uh. Hey. Wait, aren't you aren't you supposed to be with the other us's? How did you But we, we won. We did it. You see the other uh, the other two members of uh, the other Nick and the other Angus pop their head over the ledge as well. <laughs> G- gang's all here. One one big team up here. Man, you think you can trust your clones? Ugh. And with that, I think you, Nick, you get the pictures that you came for. And uh, as established, oh, so many times, both of you can easily walk up walls without needing to roll. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And you make your way up and out of the temple and rejoin your crew. Uh, And that's going to about put a bow on our run here, except for the final thing we need to do. Same thing we do at the end of every run, the disaster roll. What's up, weird kids? It is your Slugmaster Game Blaster here, thanking you as always for listening to the show and reminding you to share it with friends and leave nice reviews whenever and wherever possible because your support is the single biggest factor in the growth of this show and we appreciate it just so, so much. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, memes, audiograms, and more. You can also subscribe to us on Patreon, where for just five bucks a month, you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content like interviews, outtakes, and Chester's Groove Station. I'd also like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. Check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, who have a ton of amazing locally made shows over at albertapodcastnetwork.com. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so you can catch the start of our penultimate run of Season 1 on Wednesday, May 11th. And if you're thinking, hey, wouldn't the use of penultimate there mean that there's only two runs left in the season, you'd be 100 
100% correct. Our multi-part season finale is scheduled to begin on June 22nd, so now is the perfect time to get all caught up on season one so you can be there for the big finish. Anyway, we're going to get you right back to the action here, but first I'm going to throw it over to Scott Parzival for some words from our sponsors. Hey, it's Scott from Subsonic Sentinel, well-known slug blaster and renowned local bully, and I guess they're making me read some ads or whatever, so let's do this. This episode is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you're choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Oh, what's the matter? Are you still giving all your money away to some giant faceless mega corporation instead of shopping locally and supporting your community? Get Park Power already, loser. Come on. Anyway, this episode was also brought to you by Northwest Fest International Documentary Festival, running in cinema from May 6th to 14th and online from May 5th to 15th. NWF is thrilled to finally be able to bring back the festival to the Metro Cinema this year with an outstanding lineup of some of the year's best docs and a few fun surprises. This year's festival is a hybrid affair with over 20 films screening at Metro Cinema, including the acclaimed Nick Cave music doc, This Much I Know To Be True, along with dozens of feature and short films screening online. Award-winning filmmaker Alexandre Ophelipe will also be in town to present his filmmaking masterclass. This event will be open to the public and is an absolute must for anyone who's ever dreamed of making their own film. Check out the Northwest Fest film lineup and purchase all access passes or single tickets at northwestfest.ca. Hey, this is you. Duh, I only watch fiction. I don't watch documentaries because I don't like learning about what's going on in the world and, and bettering myself as a person. I just want escapism and superheroes. Don't be dumb. Get your Northwest Fest tickets. All right, anyway, let's get you back to the back to the action. As always, you're rolling 1d6 for every two empty trouble boxes. Let's get those rolls. All right. Did we have any sixes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. All right. So that was Elliot, Nick, and Angus all rolled sixes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Mark your, uh, mark your style. Did we have any fours or fives? Yeah, I had a five. I had a four. Disaster doesn't strike! Oh, for once! <laughs> for once in the history of Quantum Kickflip. Did you, yeah, you literally all passed? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like Incredible. It. What happens on a four and a five? Uh, you mark one trouble yes. if you have space. Okay. But no doom and uh, and no disaster. And no style. Womp womp. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, congratulations on Weird Gravity's first ever clean run. <laughs> <laughs> so with that uh, uh, kind of undermines our cliffhanger before the uh, before the break but whatever let's go into the downtime phase throughout this particular run with weird gravity Chester has felt very self-conscious in a, in a way that has not been present before because he went on this run due to the Miper deal. He didn't have a choice in the matter. 
And because he was self-conscious, he was worried about uh, how people were going to interact with him. Uh, Chester had been listening to a cassette tape in his earphones throughout the whole run. And it was not just any cassette, it's the one that brings him comfort. And in this case, it was Enya's album called Watermark from 1988. It had belonged to his mom, and throughout the whole run, he'd been listening to this, because it's what makes him feel safe. And so, throughout this montage of scenes, uh, I, I want you to imagine uh, underneath that Enya's song Storms in Africa is being played uh, or something that sounds an awful lot like it um, and Chester is going to try to make amends with his friends uh, to try to connect with them and to show that he still wants to be friends that uh, you know he felt weird about not being forthright with his friends and thus led to a very awkward exchange with them before. And, and so he's going to show up at each of their doorsteps with uh, gifts. So the very first one is at Elliot's house. He shows up there. He has uh, an amp. Oh, uh, Nothing that would be like great for a musician to for a show. That's That'd be wild. Uh, Chester doesn't have that much money. But it's a small little amp that you know you can use in your room uh, when you're practicing your guitar. Um, something like that. So I, I got you this amp. I know it's pr I know it's not the biggest one. Uh, maybe you can use it if you were, you know, playing in a basement or something. How do you know? That's where I always practice. Oh yeah, that would be true, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> well, I, I hope it does you does you well. And hey, can I get a hug? Okay, Chester. Thank you. And, and then, of course, you see Chester then showing up at, at Nick's place. And uh, he shows up uh, with, like, this little box. And Chester pulls out this thing and presents a CD-RW, which is a rewritable CD drive, which is like, boy, this is the pinnacle. Uh, you can, like, <laughs> rewrite your CDs. You uh, record something on there and you can put something on different. That's wild. Nick, check this out. I, I, I got you a CD RW drive. A rewritable CD drive? Chester! I know. Why did you find something uh, like this? That's so new! <laughs> I know it's pretty sweet because, like, I know, like, when we made a, a, a mixed CD and we're like, well, man, this is a terrible song to have on there. You know, like, when we put Nuki on by, by Limp Bizkit, we're like, this band's actually kind of garbage. Anyways... So now we can take it out of there and we can put a different song instead. Chester, I'm burning you any disc you need, baby. Anything, you name it, I got it. I got you. I got you, man. Uh, the next scene is showing up at Lake's place. And he actually needs his armor to help him uh, show up with this. Because he's got four flats of uh, panic energy drink uh, <laughs> stacked up. Of like the, their newest flavor, which is... Uh, Razzle Taz Raz Killer, and uh, it's the just it, it, it's uh, the big one that everybody's talking about. And he uh, hands it off to her. Well, she doesn't take it directly. It's uh, it is uh, it weighs quite a bit, but like uh, puts it down at her step. Hey, uh, so I, I hope that this lasts you for a little while. It's going to be 96 cans of uh, panic. Uh, 
How long is that gonna last you? Oh, a long time, Chester. This 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 is amazing. Thank you. This stuff is sold out all over town. It's 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 brand new. Where where did you find it? You know, weirdly enough, it was like in a leftover warehouse in Vestige, um, and uh, I was just like nobody was even protecting it anymore, and I just brought it over. Um, hopefully, it doesn't expire, but I don't think it does because it is panic. Amazing. Thank you. Oh, it's great. Thank you. And uh, throughout all of this, you can see Chester uh, conversing with them, giving them a hug, and then going on his way. After all of this, uh, uh, we go to like the Greasy Spoon Diner uh, in in town, uh, uh, where I meet up with Angus. I get a coffee because that's what uh, makes me seem like an adult or whatever. Uh, And I'm sitting there with Angus, and uh, Angus, um, I feel I feel like I uh, I should have been more open with with weird gravity and everything. Um, and I know that you're really upset with me. I I I got you a, a little something. And uh, I, I give to Angus uh, three CDs. It's the collection of Jock Jams with all the great songs that play in all arenas of all time. And I'm like, but Angus, I think I gotta be honest with you. You hurt me. Um, not, no, I'm not talking about the punch uh, that you gave me. That didn't hurt at all. Um, I kind of figured. Yeah, I mean... It, it, I've been punched a lot of times, but... Yeah, I know that. Look, I, I was... We were just worried about you, man. Like, we care about you. We want you to be okay. And it just didn't feel right. I just... The thing that frustrates me, Angus, is that you spent time with me. You stayed at my house for a while, and we took you in, and you're you're having a hard time, and I didn't I didn't ever judge you. I I never judged you for whatever was happening. I trusted that you were doing what you had to do, and you know I joined up with that 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 fighting ring because I. I was concerned about my friends, and uh, I thought it was something I could do, and you didn't even give me a, a chance to explain myself. You never even talked to me. You never talked to me, Angus. You never gave me a chance, and you hurt me. Look, I, I'm sorry, Chester. Like, when I... When I left my house, it didn't have anything to do with weird gravity. I was trying I to... Never I never question you, Angus. I just loved you the way that you were, and I I wanted to help you, and and I didn't. And you came and punched me, and as if I I I wasn't even your friend anymore. I when I left Weird Gravity, I was I thought I was still your friend, and and you didn't even talk to me. You didn't even talk to me, Angus. And uh, and Chester like pounds the table, and it like sends the uh, CDs off the table. And for the first time, Angus sees 
Chester crying. And uh, Chester puts on his headset and plays the music that calms him. And he leaves. Chester, Chester! No, 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 no! Get back here! Chester! You want to talk? What the hell? Talk! But I think that's where we leave that scene. Chester, what did, what did we just see there? I have a feeling it might have been a couple of things. Uh, you got three. Uh, that was being good by giving out the gifts to, to everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. Followed up by clearing a fracture. Uh, by spending five style, I cleared a fracture with the group. And then uh, follow that up with darkness. What did I say that I shouldn't have? What promise did I break? I Well, I didn't break any promise, but... Uh, I did say something that may have hurt a lot. And uh, because of that, I mark one doom and I take one fracture. So I I, I balanced it out on the fractures, but I do take (laughs) one doom. Classic weird gravity, clearing a fracture, Mm -hmm. taking a fracture. Um, (laughs) That would be distrust that we're clearing. And what are we replacing it with? Um, Cold shoulder. (laughs) <laughs> the last one was, was cold eggs in, in brackets, and this one's cold shoulder. Yeah, Love yeah, yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Hot coffee, cold shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> this is After the Run, and Elliot is spending time with her dad like he suggested way back in the day that they need to spend more time together. And they're watching uh, Poltergeist because <laughs> Elliot loves her horror movies. And very she's, good. I don't think her dad loves horror movies very much, but she's <laughs> he loves her, so he's agreed to watch it with her. <laughs> I, I uh, Oh, I... Uh, I don't. I don't really like this. This is a lot. Uh, um, <laughs> Elliot, uh, why do you like these things? Oh, Dad, it lets you have a catharsis. You know, it shows pity and fear, so that you don't have to deal with that pity and fear out in real the real world. Oh, uh, I, I I don't know what catharsis is. That's a uh, <laughs> they didn't teach me that word in school. Uh, they hey. should have, but go on. <laughs> Not where I come from. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, but you know what? You know what? I watching this, I had a lot of fun um, with all the craziness that's happening in it. It's it's a good time, and you know what? At the end of the day, we're here. <laughs> Right, because uh, right in the movie, except we're not ghosts; we're just regular people. You're right, Dad. We are here at the end of the day. I this was really fun. Yeah, I had a, I had a good time too. Um, should we do it again next week? Sure. I have a real spooky movie we can watch next time, uh, which is The Flight of the Navigator. Spooked me real good when I saw that one. <laughs> sure, Dad. You guys have a moment of comfortable silence as the credits roll, and then uh, it does that thing where the music suddenly cuts to really creepy children's laughter near the end of the credits, because I just watched Poltergeist, and I remember that that happens, and it spooks your dad all over again. He jumps in his seat. Oh, jeez! Oh, it's coming back! 
<laughs> uh, that was beautiful. What what did we just see there, Elliot? Uh, that was being good. Uh, quick montage. Chores, homework, Bible study, showing up for your shift at Burger Man on time for once. You know, trying. Clear to trouble. And two style. Clear trouble track, baby. All good. Nice. Nice. Speaking of being good... <laughs> I think uh, we're joining Nick now, also just shortly after the run. Uh, his mom is in the kitchen of their apartment, cooking up for dinner, and uh, there's a knock on the door, and Nick goes to open it to let in Uncle Terry. Hey, Nick. How's it going, big guy? Oh, I'm doing pretty well, Uncle Terry. How are you? Good, good. Um, oh, whatever your mom's cooking smells great. <laughs> She's been working hard at it all afternoon. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, mm, I'm hungry. Worked up an appetite at the old grocery store. Say, I, uh, uh, I got some some uh, some of the import DVDs came in. I got some anime for you, pal. Oh, incredible! Uh, what did you bring? Check this out. We got we got a uh, new season of Proxy Wolf Index. Uh, <laughs> we got uh, season four of Kobe Burger Host Patrol. And uh, uh, the, in- <laughs> the whole season of My Demon Waifu. <laughs> um, uh, Uncle Terry, I don't know if you intended to bring uh, Big Titty Chronosaur Z, but... Uh... Oh, oh, geez, give me that here. That one's not for you, pal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I, I figured as much. Um, oh, well, thank you. The, these other ones are... I'll, I'll, I'll really enjoy these. <laughs> okay, you two. Dinner's ready. <coughs> oh, coming. <laughs> and uh, I believe they, they sort of sit down and they start eating and, and just chatting and... As as small as their little family unit is, it things were really sort of starting to feel a little more normal again for them. For for a while, things had been on the rocks, and it's this just feels like a really nice dinner. And it gets to a point where they've they've finished eating the homemade lasagna, and uh, Nick is uh, walking around the table gathering up their plates. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Thank you for cooking it, Mom. <laughs> well, you're welcome. You know, <laughs> you know how much I love to cook. You know, I'm really proud of you, kiddo. You've just been so good and and I know it's it's weird to call your kid good, but I I just I'm really proud of how you've been doing your homework and you know, hanging out with your friends and you haven't even mentioned that sword that I took away and I think that's very mature of you. Oh, well, uh, um well, uh, thanks, mom. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just uh, uh, trying to do my best. Uh, um, and with that, he uh, stacks up the last of the plates and uh, shuffles off toward the kitchen, slowly tucks the mechanical pencil a little further behind his ear. <laughs> <laughs> so mature. So very mature. Real mature, Scradley. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I assume, based on your intro, that that was another being good and you've uh, cleared a little bit of trouble there? It was indeed. Beautiful. So we've got a few different people who wanted to do in the lab scenes here. So let's get some rolls and then we'll figure out if you got what you need or if anyone wants to make some trades. I'm just going to roll the, uh, roll the thing now. And I got a one, which is a coil. I Yep. Uh, so I now have two coils and I can do nothing with that. <laughs> Nick, can I get one of your coils? Uh, I'll trade you for a gem. Do you happen to have a disc? Can't say I do. 
Dang it. Uh, well, hang on. Why don't I just take a why don't I just take a look in the old uh, Miper catalog? You know, we get we get such a great uh, discount with the sponsorship. I think I will burn a style to do one in the lab just to see what I get. Five, my choice. Um, yeah, I have a disc. <laughs> Even though I need a coil. I have a disc. Incredible. I'll trade you this coil for your disc. Great. I get a coil that I needed. Take my disc. Thanks. I can now actually do something. Um, <laughs> what are you going to make? I'm going to add a reaction switch to my Rift Ninja sneakers, wherein I can mark one boost to turn ghostly moments before a slam and avoid it. Sick. Elliot, what do you, what do you got? So I've got three styles, so I'm just going to roll 3d6. Uh, I've got a lens and two gems. Uh, yeah, Angus said that he could give me one of his extra coils, and that's rad, because then I can actually build this astral intake roll to pull a unique item from the multiverse. That's so cool. That's unique, just like you. That's amazing. Aww. Well, I'm, 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 I'm ready to upgrade my, my uh, brand new uh, reality cannon as well. I got everything I need with that coil from Nick. I, I'm, I'm finally there. I got a fully tricked out reality cannon, baby. Power cell gain one boost. Somewhere in a remote classroom, Angus has built a chrono clip for his skip mode runners, uh, where he can mark one boost to avoid a slam by skipping a few seconds into the future. But he works alone. Angst, angst, angst. Chester has stormed out of the diner. Angus followed him out the door to the street, yelling after him. But Chester's gone. He starts walking, and he doesn't heel tap. He's shaking a little bit. I think seeing Chester that upset and that angry was a little bit scary. And as he's walking, he pulls out his phone. He starts by sending a text to Elliot. And the text reads, I really like having you in weird gravity. And I'm constantly worried that you're going to leave and be with your band and forget about us. And you have every right to do that because your band kicks total ass. But... I want you to know that I'm glad you're in the crew and I care about you a lot and I don't really know how to end this but whatever you do is going to be awesome you get a text back thanks I'm not going anywhere less than three (laughs) he's going to send a text to Nick Uh, And this text reads, The reason I was so upset about the Golden Jungle is because I didn't know what would happen to you. I didn't know if we could find you. I couldn't reach you. And it didn't help that it was the Golden Jungle. And Lake was really not okay. I think since then, we've learned a lot. And... You're one of my best friends, Nick. And 
please know that it's okay. I don't hold a grudge about it or anything, and I'm really, really glad you're part of the crew. Uh, you receive three texts back from Nick in very quick succession. <laughs> uh, the first one arrives with no spaces between any of the words, so it's incredibly hard to read. <laughs> Angus episode, sorry, I never meant to cuss you that kind of stress. I just, I, when I was doing things, I was going through a lot. There was a lot happening in my life. There's a lot happening in all of our lives. It was all part of being a team, I suppose. But we were all trying to work the best that we could together, and I know we didn't really mean to, but... Second text. Breathe, comma, Nick. Period. Breathe. <laughs> Angus, you're one of my best friends, too. I'll stand beside you for anything that we go up against. Angus puts his phone away, keeps walking, walks up to the front door of Blake's house, and knocks. I like it when Hammock answers the door. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You see a small, wide-eyed child, and I think the first time this happened, the kid was just, like, completely shocked to see you there, but I think this time he, uh... He looks up at you, and he kind of knows the context now, so a big grin that goes across his face, and he's like, Lake, your boyfriend's here! And he goes running off down the hallway. (laughs) Uh, Lake comes trotting down the stairs. Hi. Hey. Come come on in. Uh, Or or out. Whatever you want. I just want to talk. Yeah, come come on in. And they, uh, they go down to the basement. There's no one, nobody down there. There's uh, still a big chunk of uh, floor and maybe also wall missing where they're like, they're in the process of doing some <laughs> renos after New Year's because the sinking slugs dissolved part of your basement. So like there's not a, a big gaping like slime hole where the slug was, but there's like a section of wall where like the drywall has been taken down and it's like a bare insulation because they're waiting for, for the drywall to come in at the hardware store. <laughs> uh, like picks a Nega Dreamcast controller up off the, the seat of the couch moves it to the coffee table and sits down Angus will sit down too listen <laughs> you know it's probably no secret that I don't want to be a part of this Miper deal yeah you've made that clear and I, I said I was sorry yeah you you say that a lot and then you keep justifying and defending why you did what you did. Fair. The thing that I don't get, like, you've explained that it's about your mom and trying to prove to her that slug blasting is legit or whatever. Even with that, I still think you don't want this Miper deal either. Why is being under the control of Miper any better than being under the control of your mom? She, 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 like, pulls back a little bit. She sort of sits up straight and she's like, I don't feel like I'm under the control of anyone, Angus. I'm my own girl. I'm my own woman. And I'm making choices that are actually paying off. So, for uh, who? What you're- for who, Lake? Everyone, weird gravity. We just did a whole great moment where we we all upgraded our weapons. This uh, photo we took is like taking off. It's trending. I I think a lot of the team has come around to this Miper thing. And and is this what you really think weird gravity is? Is this who you really think you are? 
I'm still figuring out who I am, Angus. And right now, this feels pretty dang good. Weird Gravity is thriving. I'm thriving. I'm moments away from going to shove this all in my mom's face, which will feel so great. I'm 100% confident it will. You're the only one who has a problem with this. I I don't think I am. Do you really think this is working out? 200% increase on Weird Gravity's MyPage uh, interactions. Uh, oh, I think who says, gives a damn yes. about that? D- I didn't become a part of this crew. I didn't join up with Weird Gravity for the for the likes on my page. Yeah, you, you made that clear in the temple that it was real slug blasting you were doing. I'm glad you're you're so genuine and cool. It's working really well for those jet collective jerks. Can you really look me in the eye and tell me that that was the same as Vestige? That it felt the same? No, it was different because this time I won. Jesus. <laughs> you know, do you think you would have gotten that picture? If it wasn't for me, pushing you? Lazy Bunny is not our competition, Lake, and you know that. Yeah, you you do push me to be better, Angus. The whole team works together to push each other and make each other better. So I did that because of the, the great team I'm on, and we have this great opportunity to do those things because of Mipers. So from where I'm sitting, the whole team's on board, and things are on a, a real grand trajectory. Get into it. And Angus just looks, um, Angus just looks down for a second and he's like shaking his head a little bit. And he looks back up at Lake and he says, I don't know what to do. It doesn't feel, it feels hollow now. And... (sighs) It feels a little bit almost like those extracurriculars. But I want you around. I've always known that. So I guess I'll get into it. Uh, Lake, Lake swallows hard and um, was was really feeling cocky there and pretty, pretty pleased with how she was, you know, laying it out. Um, but... Uh, wasn't wasn't really using her empathy and wasn't really thinking about things from Angus's perspective, and uh, that's also Liam hadn't really thought of uh, <laughs> the the extracurriculars angle and the things Angus has gone through, and so um, like just sort of sheepishly says that that that's all valid, Angus. Uh, I, I'm not going to say I'm sorry again because you're right; I've said that a lot, but I, I I hear what you said, and I'm I guess I'm glad you're going to get on board. Cool. Um, thanks for hearing me out. I'm trying to talk things through more, so it's um, good to do. Anyway, and Angus reaches out, takes Lake's hand, gives it a gentle squeeze, and then he stands up and walks out of the room. Uh, Lake remains sitting in the basement and thinking about... Very conflicted feelings. Uh, big, big time. It's complicated because there's so many factors at play here, and she's she's not sure. She feels fit, like she feels great. She feels energized, but f- also her guts telling her something's wrong. You're listening to your gut. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
her her gut her 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 resident guts yeah. is telling her something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah. What was that scene that we just saw, Angus? I think it was two scenes. Mm-hmm. One uh, scene is going to clear for style, and it is catharsis. Um, the final scene in the angst track. Who helps you? What do you understand now you didn't before? What will you change? Clear to doom, clear one fracture, mark one legacy, gain a special. Uh, as much as Chester hurt him in the previous scene, mm-hmm. he was also the one who helped him and pushed him to talk to his friends and let them know that he cares. I love that. What was the second scene? Oh, and also, sorry, what special did you unlock? Uh, the final special of the Guts playbook. Uh, show off. You get plus 1d6 when you try to look cool. You just can't help it. The spotlight loves you. I am stoked for the mechanical advantage of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then what was the, what was the secondary angle of that one? Uh, yeah, pulling from the, we're, we're pretty old school with our playbooks at this point, but pulling from the new playbook, I'm going to spend four trouble to take an L. Uh, you suffer loss, burn a bridge, gain a debt, or set off a looming threat. Does the crew know? Plus one doom. Uh, and I think that sort of takes the form of he, at this point, has basically agreed to be in Miper for Lake's sake. Um, but I feel like he is uh, suffering a bit of the uh, the loss of what he considered weird gravity to be. sitting in that energy feeling that energized feeling i described of of uh, just being very proud of where this miper trajectory is taking her strolls into the kitchen uh, on her way uh to go um to the skate park uh, to sign some autographs so she's got a big stack of those pictures of her and the Dutterfox. um she's got sunglasses on uh, and she's like strutting very confidently into the kitchen where her her mom is currently doing some sort of domestic task <laughs> washing dishes or something yeah uh, she's sort of fanning the pile of uh pictures the way you might file a big pa- f- you know pile of money uh and she's just like oh i'm just off to the skate park to sign some of these autographs of this picture that's trending all over my page <sighs> busy life of a miper sponsored slug blaster <laughs> fans of the paper <laughs> <laughs> like you know the funny thing this, this picture it's like kind of reminds me of the one uh that i did for doorways except the difference between a doorways pamphlet and one of these signed photos is that people actually want them <laughs> <laughs> i said people actually want these um she's really just trying to get a rise out of her mom your mom doesn't turn for a second she's she rinses some utensils and sets them in the other portion of the sink. And she takes a breath. And she turns around, and that's when you notice she's been crying. Oh, uh, Lake takes her sunglasses off, and it's like, Mom, are you, are you okay? <laughs> Were you serious about the honesty thing? 
Because that's going to determine how I answer your question, Link. Yes, I, I was. Then I'm not okay. I just wanted to protect you. <laughs> but you seem to know what you're doing, and you seem to have gotten everything that you wanted. So, I guess I... I guess you win. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a contest. And yeah, it's very echoes of the conversation she just had with Angus, um, but not feeling as good this time. Um, Lake Lake is is speechless. She she he just she's now o for two on thinking about how other people feel, which is uh, not like her. Um, it's obvious that it really just doesn't matter what I say or what I am trying to do for you. You're just gonna defy me and do whatever you think is best. And now you have my per on your side. So what can I do? What can I do for you, Lake? Support me. Trust that I'm trying to figure this out for myself it i i mean i i I say support me but i I guess that's what you think you're doing so i don't know mom i don't know i don't know either be be happy for me be excited for me look at this look at this picture i can't i can't because i see that and all i see is not even your glitch but the look on your face when you first came home with it. When you first got your glitch? Do whatever you want, Lake. I hope you become a famous slug blaster and make all the friends and I hope all your dreams come true and I'll just stay out of your way. Uh, she she goes to say she's sorry, but uh, recent notes she has been given suggest she's been saying that a lot lately, and it's not meaning much. So, um, yeah, I think that's where we have to leave that scene. Yeah, speechless Lake and a and a very hurt mom. Yeah. What did we see just then? Uh, that was last straw. Uh, clear up to four trouble, a big fight, a big punishment, hurt and regret on both sides. I think that's uh that's the takeaway there mm-hmm. you have to cho- uh, have to choose between the thing you love and the people you love mark one doom and take a slam sad or angry what's what is there a word for when you haven't thought about other people's feelings and are it's coming back to bite you in the uh, guilty guilty yeah, guilty is very good mm-hmm. i i when reading that assume i always assume it would be like you need to choose between you know your friends or your your crew or your fa- you know I, I I didn't realize that it would be the the people you love would in this case be referring to your mom because as much as you fight at the end of the day she's your mom you do love her and this is now yeah. making you choose between yeah her and and what you love to do oh boy her, her and Angus aren't gonna stand in my way anymore and that it doesn't feel as good as it should exactly and with that I think we go to our final scene of the episode. So we've seen a lot of folks being good this time around. A lot of people trying to clear some trouble, reconnecting with family, speaking truth to friends. 
Uh, and Chester, you had a whole montage off the top of being good and kind of reconnecting with your crewmates. Is it safe to say that maybe that carries over into your home life a little bit as well, that you're, you're kind of trying to like, you know, be, be a good son and like be there for, you know, do your chores, help out with the, you know, making dinner and stuff, that kind of thing. Really, really trying to make amends with everyone here. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Then I think we, we find Chester, maybe um, he's, it's that thing where he's like, he wants to help clean up around the house, but Graham Capone does a lot of the cleaning already and kind of has a system. So there's like not really much left to do. <laughs> um, but then Chester starts like, he, he dusts something. And it's that thing where like, once you dust one thing, you realize how long it's been since you dusted. And especially in like a grandma house, how there's just like, some of these shelves have like a, a bit of a blanket going on. Cause they just like have been completely neglected. Maybe it's like the... Hey. And, and they're over five foot from. Oh, good. we're saying the same joke. Yeah, it, like anything above uh, five foot six is just like untouched. Yeah, exactly. Your grandma gets all the low ones, but she doesn't even notice the higher ones. Uh, and so I think that's mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's sort of spiraled. Maybe you just meant to dust one thing, and then now suddenly you've got like you know a bucket of soapy water and a rag, and you're going around and and clearing everything up. And while you're doing this. You notice a framed picture sitting off uh, one side of a shelf, like towards the back, easy to glance right past. But this time your eyes lock on it. And you suddenly realize where you've seen Tristan Voss before. She's right there, looking much younger, but it's unmistakably her. And the girl she's got her arm around is unmistakably a teenaged version of your Graham Capone. (laughs) 